0: And I was just so happy when I had a student who is from East African country and he said, well, actually, I come from a society where those qualities are exactly reversed. Everything we've written down for the qualities of women are actually the qualities that we a sign for men in my community it's a matriarchal community and um and vice versa and i was like thank you god for (laughs) you know bringing this man into this classroom
1: welcome to dream radically podcast brought to you by foundation for liberating minds
0: Dreaming radically is a necessity if we are to reach a world of liberation for all marginalized peoples. Imagining
1: the world we want to see, and then fighting like hell to go and get it. Dream
0: radically is a hope, a strategy, a goal of altering the status quo in our quest for social transformation. Join us on this journey. Let's dream. Hi everyone,
1: it's Dana Mahmoud. I am the head of the mentorship program and a Global Vision team member with the Foundation of Liberating Minds. And I will be your host for today's episode of Dream Radically. Today I'm with Shireen Qutb. She is an instructor of political science and philosophy at University Canada West and Columbia University in Vancouver. And she is also a volunteer at West Coast Leaf In Vancouver, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do with West Coast Leaf?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So West Coast Leaf is a really great feminist organization in Vancouver, and I started getting involved with them last year. And what they do is they do a bunch of stuff, but the main thing that I'm involved with is their education and sort of outreach. So we do a lot of workshops where we teach youth about really important issues like gender discrimination, other forms of discrimination, um, their rights in the workplace and things like that. So really just empowering youth to getting them to know about their rights and stuff.
1: Wonderful, so today we will be talking about, I guess, women in general and kind of how society sees us as women, which uh, your work at West Coast Leaf absolutely ties right into that today. Essentially what we will be doing is reading posts that we have collected from the worst parts of the internet (laughs) Um, just get heated laugh about what we've seen and just kind of talk about these societal norms or expectations that have been put on women that continue to be put on women and that's what we'll be doing we'll be reading off uh, the post and just talking about it but to start off we should define I think
0: feminism right what is feminism yes absolutely well this definition is really inspired from the definition that West Coast leaf uses which I think is really great because there are so many different ways of understanding feminism Um, But feminism is really about advocating for an equal and just society for women and all people who face gender-based discrimination. So I think this is a really inclusive definition and um, it really emphasizes the need for equality between people on the basis of gender. But as I mentioned, there are so many different ways of understanding feminism and it has changed uh, over time throughout history. It's it's different across societies and across people. So I think it would be really great to also hear, you know, what you think feminism means Dana, And then, you know, maybe we can share our own ideas of what feminism means on a personal level.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So feminism is one of those terms that's I think, a little bit hard to pinpoint exactly what it means. Like you said, there are so many different definitions. Different people understand it differently. I guess my definition of feminism would be, I don't know okay. how to say it differently than than the definition that we have for the textbook. That's pretty close to what I believe feminism is.
0: Yeah, I, that's why I think it's such a great definition. Well, I think for me, as someone who has sort of studied this stuff a little bit more, I also teach feminism a little bit in my philosophy classes especially uh, one thing that tends to be ignored especially in historical accounts of like the feminist movement is this idea of intersectionality which is more popular now but for me feminism has to be intersectional so feminism must be about advocating for equal rights for all women including women of color that's really important women from different parts of the world and I think that that often gets ignored because we often see like white feminism as mm-hmm. being the face of feminism. So, yeah, feminism is for me something, uh, you know, it's, it's really related to the idea of making sure we're being as inclusive as possible in this fight for equality.
1: Absolutely. I, th- I think that point also, I would agree with it. Intersectionality, intersectional feminism and just fighting for all women, not just women who look like me. Is the big thing. Trans women, non binary people, women of color, black women, absolutely every single woman, every single person who faces gender discrimination. And that's why I like the definition that West Coast Leaf has. It is more intersectional than I know we talked about this a little bit, but I had Googled up feminism just to find, like, you know, what is a textbook definition? It is very. I don't know, old school. It talks about the fight of the sexes. It talks about, you know, women specifically. It's just not that anymore. It's a fight for all women, including, as we said before, trans and non-binary people.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: With that being said, so with our topic of discussion today, feminism, I feel like There are definitely some people who believe that to be a dirty word, a bad word. I don't know how to put it, but there are definitely some people who, even though they hold what are a little bit of feminist values, do not want to be called feminists. So, our first tweet we have by Candace Owens, I'm going to read it off really quick. It says, I'm not a feminist for very simple reasons. I love being a woman. I love men. I can't wait to get married and start a family. And I'd gladly make at GTS Farmer a sandwich every time. Feminism is a scam. Oh, my
0: gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just there's this repulsion when when it comes to the idea of feminism, especially on the right. And I don't understand it. And we have the quote from Tommy Lauren as well. And maybe I'll read that out and then we can kind of talk about them together because they're so related. She tweets, never thought this would happen, but I agree with AOC. Birth control should be available over the counter. Working women don't have a lot of spare time removing the doctor's visit burden would be helpful. Acknowledging that doesn't make me a feminist, makes me a realist. They're different because Tommy Lauren is actually making a claim in favor of what you would think is something you would categorize under feminism, but she's she just doesn't want to be associated with it. And Candace Owens also doesn't want to be associated with it. Um, I was thinking about it last night, actually, and I was like, feminism, I feel, is kind of like the word socialism is in the US. Like, You guys, like coming from Canada, it doesn't have the same kind of weight, but it's just seen as a bad word.
1: Absolutely. That is the perfect way to put it. Feminism is what socialism, the word socialism, the weight it holds here in the U.S. Both of them, I would say here, have that negative connotation to them. Absolutely. Especially by people, you know, on the far right. As we see, Tommy here is... Advocating for something that has feminist values, I guess you could say. Um, Candace's tweet is just funny because she she will gladly make, I'm assuming this man, a sandwich every time. Like that is so far from everything that feminism is. Um, It's absolutely okay to love being a woman and it's okay to love men. You can do both while still being a feminist, while still advocating against these gender based uh, discriminations that we see. Feminism is not a scam. As (laughs) Tommy then says here, you know, working women don't have a lot of spare time or like acknowledging this doesn't make me a feminist. It makes you a realist. I mean, these problems are very real problems. Both of these can be true at the same time. Yeah,
0: exactly. No, I think they just, especially on the right, there tends to be this image of of feminists as being, you know, very radical, which, which I think in some ways, you know, you have different versions of feminism and ra- there is a form that's like radical feminism as well, which is great, actually. But we do have a major problem when it comes to gender. There is a lot of inequality, so maybe we do need radical problems. There's nothing wrong with pushing for radical change to create like a better world. But yeah, there's this image that like feminists are just angry women that are irrational and all they want, they want to like get rid of men in society and they want to get rid of gender and all traditions and all like values. I don't know. It's just, I just don't get it. Like, that's not what feminism is about.
1: Absolutely. And there's another point that I want to make about Tommy's tweet at the very end. Acknowledging that doesn't make me a feminist. It makes me a realist. By separating the two, you are very clearly stating that feminist issues
0: are not real issues. Okay, so here's my thing as well. When people are like, oh, well, I'm not a feminist and, and all of that, just like Tommy Lauren, just like Candace Owens uh, are saying and, and kind of implying that the things that feminists are fighting for right now are not real, they're not real problems. I think that really embodies the idea of white feminism because it comes back to this idea that like men and women are equal in society now, they have equal rights, they have equal opportunities. So like the fight is over. Why are you guys still complaining? You're asking for too much kind of thing. And this is such a problem because I think it shows you that like just because you're a woman that experiences a lot of privilege, doesn't mean that every woman feels the same way or every woman experiences the kind of privilege that you experience so i was like reading the statistic the other day about the pay gap in the u.s and it's like white women make what is it 78 cents to the dollar that a man makes but when you add other layers of identity like if you're a black woman you actually make 68 cents to the dollar that a white man makes when you're hispanic you make even less than that so it's like these problems are really real And they vary in degree depending on who you are in society. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just think that when when people are like, I'm not a feminist, I I don't stand for like feminist values and whatever. I think you're just privileged just because you don't experience these problems doesn't mean that they're not real for other women.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So this one that I have here. You got to find a woman that makes 10 to $13 an hour because them 14 to $20 an hour women don't listen and the 20 plus hour women don't have ears
0: on the sides of their heads. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one is so terrible because it's like, you know, this person is just like, yeah, the more money you make, the less you are attractive to a man. Mm -hmm. right and this person's literally categorizing women according to how much money they make and how appealing they are
1: (laughs) like they are appealing by how much they make
0: not only that but the more money they make this person is like that will make a woman less likely to listen to you Mm -hmm. to you as a man right um which i think is ridiculous like maybe there's a reason this woman is not listening to you maybe the more independent that a woman is the more she's able to think for herself the more she's able to like stand up for her rights and what she believes in and not take people's shit absolutely so yeah that one's really crazy
1: that one ties into this one right here perfectly so this is a screenshot from google it says that it wasn't until 1975 that women could open a bank account in their own name. And someone quote replies that and says marriages don't last like they used to back in the day. Of course, when women have this financial independence they are looking more or for more out of their partners than just financial stability if they have that for themselves and now we can have 1975 both of my parents were born and alive before women were allowed to have their own bank accounts that absolutely ties into why marriages maybe
0: don't last like they used to we're looking for more we need more out of our partners Yeah, the standards now are higher for, you know, our partners. And also we're not financially dependent on them. There's a power relationship involved in couples where the woman is financially dependent on the man. She has to endure abuse, basically, um, when she's faced with it because she doesn't really have many options. I think it's just crazy to think that the kind of rights that women have gotten they didn't happen a long time ago. 1975 is not that long ago. So here's another one. And I think, again, it like ties into all of this really well. This person says, so my sister who's pre-law sent me this convo she had with some fool who's trying to holler at her. Fools really be expecting this. So this guy says in the text message, okay, I see you. aware. This is going to sound so bad. I'm going to try to act like this guy. But anyway, he says, okay, I see you. To be honest with you, though, kind of a turnoff i don't really participate in politics and two majors sounds like you're too busy for me i mean can you clean and cook though because then that other stuff don't matter wow that was really bad sorry guys so she replies she says sounds like you're looking for a maid not a partner and he's like you a feminist huh um and she's like yeah i'm just gonna go ahead and delete your number and then he's like uh shake my head girl too bad you read too much if you would just stay in your place as a female, we could have had something. Wow, this is so cringe, like reading it. It's actually disturbing to think that this is like a real conversation. And this is the actual perspective that a lot of men have. They're just like, if you're a feminist, you know, I don't want to be with you. You should just you should just stay in your place. And then like you would be appealing to men. Um, you should be able to clean and cook because that's your job. And like, why are you so educated?
1: What? This convo kills me because we can really dissect this. There is something bad in every single message he sent. I mean, can you clean and cook, though? Because then that other stuff doesn't matter. So you as a woman being in politics, having two majors, being educated, all of these things doesn't matter as long as you can clean and cook my favorite one and by that this is all opposite day just keep in mind is shake my head girl too bad
0: you read too much ew this guy must read too little <laughs> clearly i clearly. think the is very obviously with him
1: absolutely i think it just goes to show that as women are growing and progressing in our society the expectations for women to still be the cooks the cleans frankly as she said the maids of the house
0: is still there yeah there's another one it's a little bit longer maybe this is so tied to this idea of if a woman is educated and is actually working and she wants help around the house I don't even think we should call it that, by the way, like helping around the house. But anyway, if she wants to hire help, there's a lot of resistance to that, which I think is crazy. I like this post, too, because
1: it brings in the societal expectations from every which way. Um, So I'll read it off because it is a little bit long. This is an Am I the Asshole post on Reddit, and somebody screenshotted it and posted it to Twitter. It reads, my husband and I recently moved into a new apartment. I've always hated housework, but I usually prefer things to be neat around the place. Before now, he and I would split the chores with him doing about 65% and me doing 35%. I had a recent change in my work schedule and now work seven days a row, approximately 115 hours a week, and then have the next seven days off and then back to work for the next seven days, etc. During the weeks that I'm at work, I have no desire to come home and complete any housework because I'm generally too exhausted. My husband has decided he no longer wants to do any of the household chores, even during the weeks I'm working. My solution to this was to hire a maid that comes by one or two times a week, every week. That way, I don't have to bother with the chores either. However, he doesn't like the idea and still feels it is my responsibility to do the housework. Mother-in-law agrees with him. That's my job as a wife to take care of the house and I shouldn't be fobbing it off to a maid. I kind of put my foot down and said we were hiring a maid anyway, and now he's offended and calling it financial abuse. He works full time, makes about 150 k and my work is defined as part time since I work every other week and I'm making about 400 k He and my mother-in-law are making a point that since I work part time and he works full time, the housework should fall on me. I think calling it financial abuse is overstating things, but maybe I'm not seeing it from his perspective. Am I the asshole for wanting a maid? Oh, she does mention that she's a neurosurgeon, by the way. So. Oh my God. <laughs> hundred and fifteen hours a week. I get that like every other week you do have off. Maybe you can do the housework that week. However, even with that, hundred and fifteen hours a week I don't see why it isn't possible for you all to have a maid and to have that week to do, you know, other things you want to do, to fully relax and to enjoy your time. I believe money is made to be spent. And these are the things that you want to spend it on. You want to be able to live your life and relax and to have a good time, especially when the both of you are making quite enough, really, to be hiring a maid one to two times. Like, it's obviously
0: not a financial problem by any means. Yeah, it's not a financial problem at all. And also in the edit, she says that it's not about affording a maid. I'd pay for that without asking him to contribute, but rather him feeling that it's inappropriate to make the decision to hire a maid without his consent, simply because I make more and would like to, hence calling it financial abuse. So here she's like, actually, I would even pay for it. But for some reason, he's still considering it financial abuse. This is a clear example of a guy in a relationship that is so intimidated by his wife making so much more than him like she makes like three times more than him basically Mm -hmm. or a little bit more And I just don't understand why he went from like doing 65% of the housework to suddenly doing zero. Like, it's just really embarrassing to see that this kind of attitude still exists among men. And this perception that it's like a woman's job, like you're not fulfilling your job if you're not doing the housework. Like this is the mentality that's left over from before when, you know, not in every part of the world, but in a lot of the world, women were confined to the home housework, caring for people in the house, caring for children, the elderly, taking care of the house, cooking, cleaning. All of that was the responsibility of women and men were in charge of work outside of the home and like bringing in money, right? Uh, Things are changing. Women now are working too. And there just needs to be a fair arrangement about like, how do we take care of the house? And if that just means hiring somebody else because the burden is too high on both people, then there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. As you
1: stated, it's a very old mentality, I would say, to keep this up. I want to nitpick on the mother-in-law getting involved um, in this problem because she and he both uh, agreed that even though she works full-time, it is her wifely duty to continue cooking and cleaning
0: and keeping up with the house. Here's the other thing, housework, is actual work. And I think it's such a shame that in our society, we're not at a place to recognize it as real labor, especially because it's been something that's been primarily put on women. There's no kind of compensation that's given for women when they do housework, but it is actual work. It's a full-time job being a housewife if that's something that you want to do in your life like if you want to be a housewife you you already have a full-time job like being a mother being a wife like being in charge of you know a house and like when we get somebody outside of the family to come and clean our house we pay them right because that is labor in the same way that like doing any job is labor and so when we expect women now to be working full-time or part-time or whatever it is, working outside of the house and then coming home and then doing all of the housework as well, or the majority of the housework, you're asking them to take on so much. It's like having two full-time jobs. And you know what? If she was just the person staying home and doing the housework, I think she should get paid for that too. You know, there's a whole debate in like political theory about this idea of like housework being compensated financially. And the reason it not being financially compensated is that historically it's been done by women who have had no independence and had had no rights in the past to like advocate for that. So I just think we have a bias like in our societies, not seeing it as genuine work.
1: There is this tweet that reads girls nowadays learning to do makeup instead of cooking. What do you expect your man to eat? The foundation? And a woman replies to this saying, Can't wait for men to die of hunger and go extinct because they refuse to use their own hands. I love this clapback so much. It is so funny. She's absolutely right. Like making your own food, cooking is a life skill. It's not a womanly skill, it's a life
0: skill to have. Just do it yourself, man. Like, what's your problem? <laughs> <sighs> and then we have a few others so someone is responding to this tweet this tweet says can we all agree that cooking and cleaning is a basic life skill and not a gender role yes absolutely finally and then this person says in response if man's going to be out working the rig all day least i can do is make him some chicken nuggies and do some laundry oh no (laughs) so when i originally read
1: this tweet I thought she was being sarcastic. Shireen had to clear this up for
0: me and let me know that she's being serious. Yeah, then I was like, oh, yeah, such a good tweet. Like, you know, women, whatever. I was like, dude, this is, she's like being real. I was like, like she's, <laughs> she used the term chicken nuggies, though. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, she's being serious. <laughs> she really does want to make her man's just some chicken nuggies and do his laundry that's so like that's so funny
1: to me the pick me ideology here like i guess if your man has a full-time job where he's able to take care of the house financially in every way and you decide you want to actually be this housewife Absolutely. The whole point is not that every single woman should be going to work. It's that every single woman should choose what she wants to do with her life. And if that means raising the kids and taking care of the house, absolutely. And as we stated before, you should be financially compensated for that. But it's the shaming of women who don't want to do this kind of work and i'm gonna say on the flip side the women who do think every woman should be going to work and shame women who decide that they want to be
0: housewives it's on both both sides for me absolutely women can perpetuate this kind of like really toxic language as well um all that to say that all
1: of these norms are just norms all of it frankly is fake (laughs) all of it we've made All of these things that we've decided men should be doing and women should be doing, there are many instances uh, where these don't exist. I know that you have a student,
0: right? So in my moral philosophy class, one of my lectures, I have it on gender ethics. Um, And so what I got the students to do was to create a list of all of the stereotypes that we associate with women, all of the stereotypes that we associate with men. And even if they don't believe them, just to kind of list them out. And so you got your like typical ones, you know, women got listed as having traits of like being weaker, like physically and emotionally, being very emotional, being irrational, taking care of housework, as we've mentioned. Whereas men were responsible, were strong, were capable, were the decision makers and they were the ones that were financially independent and everything. So anyway, I asked my students, you know, do you think that these qualities are natural? Do you think that just because someone is assigned the gender at birth of being a woman or a man or whatever, just because we're born this, do you think that like we naturally automatically have these qualities in us? And to my surprise, like, I thought this would be an easy question. I thought people would be like, no, of course not. Like these are just like, it's just society and whatever. Um, To my surprise, everyone pretty much in my class said, uh, yeah, at least some of these are natural. And I was just so happy when I had a student who is from East African country. And he said, well, actually, I come from a society where those qualities are exactly reversed. Everything we've written down for the qualities of women are actually the qualities that we assign for men in my community. It's a matriarchal community and um, and vice versa. And I was like, thank you, God, for, you know, bringing this man into this classroom, because I think he did such a good job by just very easily explaining that society plays such a major role in creating these gender roles. And we can change them if we want to, if they are harming us, they are no longer serving us, if they are oppressing us, whether it's toxic masculinity or the like oppression of women, we can change these things.
1: Well, thank you so much, Shereen, for your time. Thank you for joining me and talking about these terrible tweets and talking about these things that are harmful, the parts of uh, society that we don't like, that just don't serve us anymore. We can change them. That's the whole point of feminism to me. It's to fix the problems that we've seen that just don't fit our narrative anymore. And some of these things, they just don't fit that. And it's time to change. So Thank you so much again for joining me.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Dana.
1: Thank you for listening to Dream Radically podcast brought to you by the Foundation for Liberating Minds. Learn more about the work of Foundation for Liberating Minds at our website, foundationforliberatingminds.org, our social media pages at Foundation4LM, and consider getting connected with the podcast and all our members by supporting this work through our Patreon. Patreon.com slash foundation4lm. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and rate the pod wherever you're listening. Power, and may tomorrow bring us closer to our radical dreams.